We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connect together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Poku Tested Podcast. I had to throw well it Well done. There. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, also the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. Coming to you live tonight from YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. So if you guys are tuning in live, hop in that chat room, start dropping questions, react to the crazy stuff that Nick's going to say this episode. Uh, have a blast. We will have a section here coming up where we will answer all of your questions from the chat. So make sure you get in there. If you're listening to the podcast version, thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure you drop that five-star rating. We've got a handful of new ones up. I read them this week and it made my heart warm. Uh, so continue to do that. You are uh, slowly curing my depression, so I appreciate it. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. As already mentioned, we have Nick Crane along for the ride tonight. Hello, hello. Taylor Peterson in his Dortal Combat shirt. Represent. Hey, have you watched the movie already, Taylor? I haven't, and I'm like really excited to. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of gore. I'm into. That's it. what I've heard. Which is, I love it. I love it. I might need to uh, just pull an all all nighter and after the podcast. There you go. Do it. Power We've through. also got Justin Peabody here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I I feel like I owe. Anyone that um, <laughs> attempted to listen to my post-game podcast, an apology. <laughs> so it was just a disaster all around. I Somehow my computer just didn't decide to pick up my microphone. So the whole thing is just bad audio. But 
if you were like really on top of things and listened to it right after I uploaded it, you also got the completely unedited raw audio by accident, <laughs> which involved like two minutes of me clearing my throat and like mumbling to myself. Um, so sorry. If you missed that, good news is the edited version is is currently live. So go check that out. Uh, it's it's a much more pleasant experience. I wish that Justin would have warmed up his vocal cords like no 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 <laughs> red that leather yellow it. leather you just hear him getting the kids in trouble <laughs> turn that stuff down I'm trying to podcast shut that up would have, would have no. been incredible thankfully, thankfully none of that <laughs> yeah instead we just get Justin clearing his throat so mm, yeah um all right guys well <laughs> it's uh. This, this is an interesting time for us to be podcasting about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ever since we started The Uncontested, it's always been podcasting about, you know, these guys' performances and this win streak and the playoff push. And none of that is uh, is applicable right now. But we're still going to find a silver lining here. Although the Thunder are now at, is it 13 straight losses? 13 straight uh, they have a chance to to tie the franchise record Monday night at 14 straight uh, and then break the franchise record Tuesday night on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, they have the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics coming up. But I want to look back at this previous week, previous two weeks if you want, and I want to ask you guys, throughout all the losing, all the lineups where you, we don't even know half the people that are on the dadgum court, what is... <laughs> What, what, what are the major takeaways uh, positively from the past two weeks? It can be a player. It can be something with the coaches. It can be some sort of wrinkle in the offense. I know we're kind of scratching the bottom of the barrel here because we're watching lots of 20-point losses. But what is something positive that you've taken away from the past two weeks of Thunder basketball? Well, just really quick, uh, Silver on the stream says it, it's actually a win streak, and he is pretty spot on there. <laughs> Well said. Well said. There's your first positive. Yep. It's all about perspective, man. <laughs> it's all about perspective. I love it. Nick, go, you keep looking like it's about to talk in that mic. What, what's your positive? I'll go player here. Um, Teo. Um, not only has he been available, which is the best ability, as we all know, um, since March 24th, when we got the news of both Al Horford and Shea Gojus Alexander not going to be with the team and then not playing because of injury, um, he's actually got the most games played with 17 and in turn the most points on the team by like a mile. So if you're just looking at who's been awesome over the course of this losing streak, I know that extends past 13. I think it's one win in the past 16 or so since that, That's that news right. drop against the Raptors was that last win. Yep, he's he's got Damn the most Raptors. most points by by a mile. Yeah, I like Teo's, it. Um, Teo's been really solid. I think we we talk about it all the time, but just his composure, I think, is is what really stands out to me. But you know, you go through a stretch. Think about it. You're a rookie playing in the NBA. You you come from overseas, and your first season is this season. Like I think that'd be really easy to to affect you, but his steadiness has really stood out to me amongst the, all those losses. He's come out every night and put in the work. It doesn't look like he's checked out, which is great. Over the thirteen game losing streak, Teo is averaging fourteen points, nearly fourteen points, up, four dang. rebounds, four <laughs> assists a game. Uh, the shooting numbers aren't pretty; only thirty six percent from the floor. 
uh, 31% from three on five attempts a game. Yep. Guys, let me tell you something. Looking at the past 13, we got some guys that like to shoot the dadgum basketball. Uh, what is this? Five guys. Ball. Yeah, five guys averaging over five three-point attempts a game. Uh, Ty Jerome, Alexei Pokashevsky, Teo Maladone, Darius Baisley, and Lugentz Dort all averaging over five three-point attempts a game. That's barring pretty, pretty great stat. Barring something crazy happening, Teo's probably going to start 45-plus games this year. Raise your hand if you thought that was going to happen when he got drafted. Me. No me. way. I have a pre-game, a preseason prediction in our bet podcast that we did. Our <laughs> listeners can go back and listen. And I said, by the time the season was over, I think I said after All-Star break, but we'll have to go back and confirm that Teo Maladon would be the starting point guard, starting alongside Shea, um, and would finish the season that way. So I was basically right if you know you just don't take into consideration the fact that Shea hasn't really played much recently. <laughs> but he's been starting – nonetheless so there we go taylor have you ever heard the uh the phrase even a blo- broke clock is right twice a day and even a blind squirrel finds a nut yes <laughs> yeah that one makes me a little more uncomfortable so <laughs> uh no so i i did the same thing jacob um while you guys were talking i i pulled up teo um as well as a couple other players um that i was going to mention as well for this segment uh their past 13 games during this losing streak but i think the thing that for Teo, something that I've harped on quite a bit on this podcast throughout the season. Um, obviously, I, I really liked what Justin said. And uh, uh, even with his audio, he still made some great points. So go listen to it. But <laughs> one thing that you said, Justin, um, that I listened to while I was mowing the lawn today, you mentioned Teo's poise. Um, it's almost robotic, but like not in the bad way, right? You, you hear about players who are robotic and like, especially with their like shooting motion or um, just so methodical that like they just are making mistakes because they're so predictable. Tail's not so much that way as much as he is just like, like you said, somebody like Russell Westbrook can be chirping at him the whole game. It's not going to affect him. Um, so because Actually, of that, I have, I have a question about that. Taylor, uh, Teo is very emotionless on the basketball court, right? He never gets hyped up. He never gets into the trash talking. Like we've noted that we've talked about that. It's also his first season coming from Euro league. True. Do you, th- do you think he is the same way three years from now? Hmm. Yeah, I do. I think it's just his personality. Oh, interesting. I, I think he's going to be uh, maybe not a trash talker, but I bet he's showing emotion and uh, constantly getting at the refs in three years. I think okay. we see, I feel like we see this a lot where like guys come in the league and, and appear fairly mild mannered. And we always applaud that. And then by year three or four, uh, <laughs> they're bitching at the refs. They're, they're, you know, throwing tantrums. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, Teo does that. seem like the guy that like wouldn't be like that, but I think we say that a lot of, about a lot of guys. That's over a good time. point. He's very, very soft spoken. Like you'd have to crank up his microphone if he's a podcast. I, I just see like here. his his personality off the court and think that that would just kind of be out of character maybe for him. As a, he's definitely a competitor, you can see the seriousness on his face when he, when he's competing. Um, but but all that to say, you know, Justin mentioned his robotic nature, just his poise essentially is what you were getting at, Justin. Um, so for Jacob to to have that stat out, stat out there, that even with these injuries and during this losing streak, he's putting up five 
three point attempts per game. You know, he's, um, I, I have this pulled up field goal attempts, 12.4 field goal attempts in the past 13 games. He's being more aggressive. Not something that I had asked for. And so that I wanted to see more of from Teo here, probably about a month ago. It's been great to see him do that when given the opportunity, even if he's not necessarily making, um, as many of those as he could be, or I, I mean, I don't even think you should say he should be. Um, it's just great to see him, I think, putting up those attempts and being more aggressive. Anybody yep. have, have uh, anything? Well, go with, uh, <laughs> Who's next? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Bays. Um, I, have I, mentioned, well. I mentioned this on the, on the post game pod as well. Baisley's, recent stretch of play has been really impressive really since i mean you can almost go all the way back to when he returned from injury you know give him a little bit to settle in but going backwards starting with last night's game scoring output from bays 20 26 26 16 19 22 that's a really solid stretch from Baisley. that's showing some of the aggressiveness that we saw from him in the bubble that we didn't really see in the rest of the season thus far. I mean, the previous high in the entire rest of the season um, before his in injury was 22 points, and that happened once. He also hit 21 once. Was that he 22 against the Lakers? Um, do you know? Do you have a pulled up? The I don't remember that. The Lakers, okay. was, Lakers was 21, so you okay. were close. Um, but, but just showing that, that aggressiveness... And I think that what we're seeing is, you know, maybe the best word to describe Bayes is like a little bit streaky. It, when you look through his game logs, you kind of see three or four or five good games in a row. You see two or three not great games in a row. And right now we're sitting at six games that are good, six good Bayes games. Uh, I think I'll be interested to see, you know, how long does this wave last for Baisley? Is it, you know, now maybe he's fully healthy. Now he's feeling more confident. He has a stronger role with the way that this, the roster is shaking out. Is he, is he going to be able to sustain that through the end of the season? If so, I think that's super encouraging for Baisley as we head into year three for him versus, you know, if it continues to be a bit of a roller coaster, if he, he rattles off three or four bad games and then has some good games again to end out the season, I think that'll leave some more question marks for Bayes. So Justin, to your point, I have the uh, the last 13 um, as well. This is when I actually had prep before the podcast uh, for Baisley, his stats. Um, he's averaging 19 points, to your point, um, six on, let's see, 16 attempts, um, averaging six, basically seven uh, made field goals, shooting 43% from the field overall. Here's the one that also adds up, only 28% from three yeah, on basically not six great. attempts. Hasn't been efficient. And we, we've absolutely have seen that. Uh, but his rebounds are there. He's averaging about seven rebounds a game, um, almost two assists. I mean, <laughs> the, the plus minus is really funny to look at the last 13 games for all these players because they're all just ridiculously <laughs> all negative, negative. <laughs> which makes sense. Uh, but to your point, he's absolutely being more aggressive. Uh, that's something that Jacob's talked a lot about here over the past couple of weeks. And it's been great to see from Baisley as well, just like Teo. Um, and he, he's really, it's kind of like you said, again, <laughs> on your post game that I listened to earlier, it's fresh in my mind, Justin. <laughs> You mentioned um, him being a very methodical player. So if he's shooting poorly, you know, his body language, language is he, he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. He, it, it, he displays it on the court. Um, but when he's playing well, it makes sense that he would string together three, four, five. I mean, at this point, almost 13 games of uh, pretty solid and consistent games from him, I think, on both ends of the floor. So that's something to monitor, I think, moving forward. I think kind of a guy like Chris Paul last season was 
probably really good for him in the locker room. Uh, I hope somebody like maybe Al Horford, Dagnall, whoever it is, I hope they can kind of be that for him moving forward because if he can keep his head um, steady, level, I think that's going to be a really big thing for, for Baisley moving forward and his development. How about the rebounding just uh, of the team? I mean, they've been a top oh, in general, yeah. rebounding team all year. Over the last, you know, 15, 16 games or so, top three in rebounding, number one in offensive rebounding. Um, I think it speaks a lot to the, I like to call them the silent duo of Moses Brown and Tony, Tony Bradley. They don't <laughs> pop off the stat sheet with, you know, 20, 30 points a piece, but like they, they are on the glass. Like the, every single mm-hmm. night, regardless of who Oklahoma City plays, like they're probably going to win the battle on the glass. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Going back to Baisley real quick, uh, if you look at the last six, it's 24% from the three-point line. We talked about how good of a shooter he was in the bubble and how what he really needed to do was learn how to finish at the rim. And I feel like we've flip-flopped since the injury. He is now much more aggressive at the rim. He's probably dunked the ball more in the in this 13-game loss than he had like all last season, right? Yep. Um, but... It's uh, now the the, the three-point shot isn't going in, right? And so that becomes uh, even more of an issue. Uh, you, you hope at some point he can put the two together and really string some stuff uh, t- together. Justin, like you mentioned, can he make a, a run and continue this positive play? But Nick, I wanted to ask you, uh, I, I feel like you're the perfect candidate to ask this question. Baisley, over the last six is averaging 21 and a half points on a total of 42% from the field. Is this the someone's got to score points on a bad team stat? Or are we actually seeing something from Baisley? I think both. I mean, his efficiency has been pretty bad. And I think a lot of it's skewed too because the the 26-point game, one of the two 26-point games was on 25 shots. That's mm-hmm. going to skew a six-game sample size in general. So a lot of it's been inefficient. Someone's got to score. You would hope if a guy shoots 25 times, he's going to score 40. Um, didn't happen. But I still think the flashes of like what he's shown, we've seen we've seen the the jumper fall late last season. We've seen around the rim fall more more recently here in the last handful of games. Maybe he puts it together next year. I mean, it's it's promising yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, I, I feel like. Not only are the shots at the rim going in, but it's just the aggressiveness going at the rim, right? It's no longer little soft finishes. It's I'm going to, I mean, how many times has he tried to put somebody on a poster the past week, right? Yes. That's what's encouraging to me. And Dagnall Dagnall specifically talked about his defense as well. Yeah, multiple times with with Russ and uh, Karis LeVert in the Indiana game. I think too, it's it's a little bit of an adjustment for Bay's he was always playing out of position. They had him playing a lot of center and then even starting at power forward. I think with the like Poku in the mix and some of these other kind of interesting pieces, he's played a little bit more of like a true three recently. Therefore he's got smaller guys guarding him. And I think that has sparked his, his willingness to try to attack the rim as well. He's got littler guys on him than he's used to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it's it's all positive signs for Baisley in terms of his approach to the game. Uh, like you said, the easiest thing to point at is you'd like to see him make more baskets. But 
that's not necessarily something that you can just like force. I wonder how much of that is just continued recovery from a fractured scapula. I'm not sure what it feels like to shoot a three ball with a recently repaired scapula. I can't imagine it feels super great. Um, but as long as he's continuing to go for it and try to get shots and to get his own shot. And like you said, Jacob, the aggressiveness going to the basket, being locked in on defense, all those things are things that Bays can control. Can't necessarily control whether the ball goes in or out of the basket. So as long as he's taking care of what he can, I, I'm encouraged by what we've seen. And that's a good point. I like that. Also, I can't be the only one that whenever I hear scapula, I think spatula, right? Yes, I do that every Don't time. Don't tell me it's not only every me. Time. Okay, a thank fractured you. Spatula. <laughs> a fractured spatula. Um, okay, the last guy I think we touch on before we're done with the positives from the past two weeks. We've got to talk about him. Please. Thank you. Oh, God, no. I was going to Alexei Pokashevsky. Boo. Lou Dort's, no. been, Lou, Lou Dort's been awesome. Don't get me wrong. Awesome. Hadn't played much. But I want to talk <laughs> about Hoku. Yes. Because if there is one person I would go to war for in this world, it's not my, my mother. It's not my <laughs> fiance. It's Alexei Pokashevsky. Some I of hope the I hear screams in the room now. Some of the stuff this guy does, man, like, I don't know, just it feels like every game I'm seeing something from Poku that tells me, like, after he gets a little more experience, gets a little bit older, uh, put some put some weight on, like, this guy's going to be a freaking problem. Six blocks in a game recently, uh, just some of the passes he's made, maybe my favorite one was at the Toronto game, I believe, where he only played five minutes because he had a non-COVID related yep. illness, which basically yeah. means he had to poop real bad. Um, <laughs> he had a Relatable. play early he on in that. second COVID shot. One to two. Where, yeah, where he <laughs> looked off. He like looked to the top of the key and threw a lefty no-look bullet pass all the way across the court into the shooting pocket of Lou Dort. And it's just like, holy crap, man. Like This kid, the passing ability is just off the freaking charts. The the he almost has Shea like finishes at the rim where they're he very does. unorthodox, super long, like scoop shots, same foot, same hand, wrong side of the rim finishes. It's it's just it's so unique. People want to make like the KD comparison sometimes. I I don't know who you compare him to his, just because he does stuff like so uniquely. I don't think his game reminds me of this guy, but his stat lines do. Andre Karolinko. Huh. Interesting. That is another tall white European. I like it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just just the, the stuff he does, man. Like, I mean, and we've all watched like the the video that Kevin O'Connor did. Uh, if you haven't already, you need to go listen to Kevin O'Connor and Tyler Parker uh, on the Ringer U podcast, where Tyler, friend of the pod, Tyler Parker, just gushes about Poku for like an hour, and it's incredible. I don't know, like. What is this kid's ceiling? Does he come back next year and average like 15, 6, and 6? He absolutely and could. And like two blocks because like we, we I'm also not don't know. he won't do it. We yeah. also have no idea. That's what's so amazing. Like to your point, I think his uh, – I'm trying to remember. One of, I was talking with one of you about this. You got, one of you guys came on my um, my latest posting pod I did here about a week ago. And one of the things that I mentioned is that his – it seems to me that his IQ, the game's slowing down for him, and he's he's using his his body to his advantage. He's learning to how learning how to manipulate defenders. To that point, Jacob, I mean, I think there was a play 
last week where he split like three different defenders, used his length to his advantage, was able to do some crazy wild scoop shot and finish around the rim. But we're starting to see that since then, we've seen that regularly. We saw that uh, like in Friday's game, uh, the, his ability to finish at the rim and use his length to his advantage. There's nobody who can stop that. The past 13 games, he's averaging 10 points, basically 11 points, 10.8 points um, on four field goals made. Um, only shooting 36.6% from the field. There's that so much room for improvement. The eye test. So much room for improvement, but the confidence is there. And that's what makes me so excited. Um, also, just like his mistakes are so fun, also. Like, it just has some of the most wild, ridiculous passes or turn- turnovers that just make you giggle. And then, like, the very next play, he'll come down and swat the, you know, what off somebody. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. You never know what you're going to get with Poku. It's so much fun. Also, the last six games, he is shooting 9.5% from three. Woo! What was that number? 9.5% from three in his past six. Six again, small sample size. If he he averages 16 points next year, as you hypothesized, it'll be on 35 shots. Yeah, if if Poku's averaging 16 a game next year, it means the draft did not go well because he's still (laughs) taking that many shots. That is fair. so I'm just saying, I, I, I'm not putting a, a lid on this kid. Like, just the stuff that he can yeah, do absolutely. is very impressive. I think that's the thing that is, I don't know if it's not talked about as much, but so we've heard a lot about the bad side of tanking. You're stunting development. Shea, you're you're taking Shea off the court. You're taking Lou off the court more than he would be. You're, you're stunting those guys. The flip side of that is... It's false, by the way, but continue. I, yeah, I'm on the same page. But the flip side of that, that that's not as talked about is like the experience for Poku like is so vastly different than it would be in any other season for him. You look True. back through his game log, like, you know, take out the weird games where he had an illness or whatever, like 25 minutes, 30, 28, 27, 33, 31, 30, 32. Like he's regularly playing over 30 minutes a night that does not happen on a non-tanking team you know what that reminds me of is someone i was watching the other night and was like i don't see them very often who i think we all probably think has a similar like untapped potential as poku bull bull averages five minutes a game like when is he gonna get experience and like get the chance on a team like the thunder he'd be doing that's what's so strange they're both so like close in age um, and close in experience that like those are kind of the two you really can compare to each other Hmm. that's a perfect comparison and i i think that illustrates like poku's development is going to look so vastly different because he's on the thunder and not the nuggets. Right. That I mean think back through how many how many prospects have the thunder had through the KD and Rush years that never really got much exposure and then they got traded and then they got traded and then traded and then traded and then they're out of the league. And I'm not saying that's not out of the realm of possibilities for somebody like Poku. Like who knows, anything's on the table, he's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. But I think playing 30 minutes a night in the NBA after coming from the Greek second league like that's that's the development you want like stats who cares the stats are whatever but the the minutes he's logging against nba competition is going to be so crucial for him moving forward that, would and i like to me- see shea out there sure but i think that you know getting this for guys not just poku either you know guys like roby guys like maladone who we just talked about like they're getting so much more real game experience and they may not be winning but i think that experience is still worth something Definitely. And I wanted to ask you that guys, this, what we've seen from Poku take like over the last 
20 games. Let's just say since he came back from the G League bubble, okay? Like, if if he didn't play that well coming back from the G League bubble, we'd all be like, oh, okay, you know, again, 19-year-old coming from the Greek B League. Um, this is what we expected. Like, if you were seeing what you're seeing now from Poku this time next year, I think we'd all be saying, we'd be happy. There, there, there might be something there, right? Maybe he could become something. <laughs> And like, it feels like it's coming like a year early, actually, to me. And so I'm super excited to see, especially when you consider the draft was late this past year. Poku basically got drafted out of that. God, I love the dude. But the house, whenever <laughs> ESPN showed him at his home, just, that's just some straight Soviet block bullshit. It was straight man. up a Borat movie. Yeah. He like, <laughs> it looks straight like Mother Russia uh, I got to go outside and milk the cow, LeBarn James kind of stuff, you know, like just wild. But uh, that's amazing. He, he got drafted, got on a plane, came to America, quarantined, and then bam, is in training camp, right? Where like this year, he's going to get a full off season where he is with NBA coaches who are specifically working on certain parts of his game with him, getting him on a meal plan. Because I talked about this on a post game a while back. Like a guy like Poku, Justin playing 30 plus minutes a game. I mean, this dude probably has to eat like 5,000 calories a day to maintain weight right now. Right. Right. There's there's no way that he's putting on muscle and putting on weight right now just because of how much he's burning in an NBA game. So you get him in the offseason. NBA coaches are specifically focusing on things for his game. Um, he, he has a regimented plan. He's got a diet, diet plan. He's got a lifting plan. Exactly. He's got all this stuff. I think he, I mean, this is why you see guys come out year number two and really make a jump. I'm excited to see what Poku looks like. Where does he go as a 19 year old in this draft? If you've, if you, Ooh, if you, if you were question. to go backwards. And so if he had this, this season way. overseas, no, if he, if he, if if you could take this season and knowing what he could be, where would you take him in the 2021 draft? Top 10, easy? I think he's top 10. I, he, yeah, that's amazing. Holy I think he's cow. lottery for sure, right? That just kind of resonated with me. That's a great point. It's yeah, a great point. It's, okay, it's give me young. 10 seconds. I know, we're at 28 minutes here. We need to move on. I understand that. Give me 10 seconds. Lugens Dort, four games, or three games, okay, of 20-plus uh, points. Um he hit 18 on Friday night's game against the Pistons, uh, but per the last the last 13 games, 26 points on nine made field goals, shooting 48.4% from the four, 47.4% from three on almost eight attempts from three. Guys, I was the Russell Westbrook guy early, early on when it came to the Russ, not versus KD, but Russ and KD. Russ is my favorite player. I'm doing it now on this podcast. Lou Dort is my favorite player on the Oklahoma City Thunder over Shea Gilgis Alexander. Thank you. We can move on. That was the most concise Taylor's ever been. I think so. Yeah. Same amount of words. Also, I think think we got to give Taylor this before we move on. (sighs) I'm sweating. You tell me that motherfucker hot you alive, motherfucker. My friend Elijah is uh, only here for the Lou Dork content. I have a fan. Will you still be a fan when he comes off the bench? In three years? Dang, bro. (laughs) He's uh. He's impressive, man. If that happens, right. he'll get traded to the Houston Rockets and become an MVP, and they get traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and, and I'll stop. Let's uh, let's move <laughs> on to a guy that mentored Lou Dort last year, uh, Chris Paul. Uh, Sam Amick did a a big piece in the Athletic, uh, breaking down Chris Paul, 
his impact on the Phoenix Suns, his career. Uh, it's a really, really great article. If you have The Athletic, if you're subscribed um, and you have not read that article already, I highly encourage you to go read it. Um, a few nuggets from it, and then I have a question for you guys. The nuggets would be, uh, in it, Chris said he and Shay still talk daily. I think that's Love a it. good sign. Uh, OKC, once the Thunder traded for Chris, they met with him out in LA and had a massive PowerPoint put together with all this really in-depth data about Chris and how he uh, goes about uh, playing games and, and the injury struggles and um, other point guards who aged really well in the league and like this huge breakdown of how the Thunder were going to plan out what he was going to do and how they were going to manage his minutes. They did this massive presentation. Chris said, yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh, which I just thought was funny. Chris, Chris already knew with his change in his diet and everything that he was, he was good to go. And damn it. He proved it too. only missed two games last season. Um, so, so good for him. Chris talked a lot about his mindset coming to OKC and telling the players whenever he got here, that he had no intention of, of forcing his way out, that he was bought in, uh, that he hoops, that's what he does, and that's what he was here to do, uh, which I think just kind of goes on to show and you know, the type of leader he was that we talked a lot about last season. Here's the interesting part, though. Philadelphia had a trade lined up for Chris Paul uh, back in October. Um, Chris told Sam Presti specifically he did not want to play on the East Coast and he did not want to play for Daryl Morey. Apparently some bad blood there after Morey told him he would not trade him and then did. So... Presti turned down the Philly offer and made a deal with Phoenix. They said the deal came together rather quickly, but it seems like the Thunder maybe got a little bit less for Chris Paul from Phoenix than they maybe could have from Philly, which continues this trend that I wanted to ask you guys about. The Thunder continually finding places for their players where the player wants to go, working with a player rather than just trading a guy. Right, we've seen the the flip flop of this with Chris Paul in Houston. Uh, I think most recently with JJ Redick in New Orleans getting shipped off to Dallas, uh, and he was very unhappy about that. And apparently, the the communication between the player and the front office was very poor. So, my question for you guys is: Is this the best long term idea for the Thunder to adopt? Um, trading guys to locations where they want to go. Obviously, communication is good but maybe getting less back in trades, but in return, making players and by extension their agents uh, more happy with the Thunder front office and more willing to do business. Is there a, a, a line there where you, you get to, to doing too much for the player that you're harming the franchise? Uh, and what are your overall thoughts on, on this trend that the Thunder is doing, which we are continually seeing other GMs not do? I think, I mean, it's kind of a similar argument um, with the whole, that, that happened around the whole buyout timeframe, right? We have, you know, obviously we talked about LaMarcus Aldridge and I'm, I'm glad that he's doing okay and made the right decision for him. But uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is going to Brooklyn and Blake Griffin going to Brooklyn and Andre Drummond going to Laker, to the Lakers, which honestly has been a huge lifesaver for them with LeBron and AD being out. Um, so it's a similar situation, a similar conversation, I think, where, being a small market 
you know, Oklahoma City is awesome. There, there's a ton of great things going on right now. There's a bunch of new things that are popping up around the city. But even then, it's you're in the middle of the United States. You're not on either coast, which is where a lot of players want to be, especially when you're making that kind of money. Let's just call it how it is. So you have to do these sort of things. You you, you have to run your organization like Pressy runs his um, if you want to be able to attract players to OKC or even just maintain retain players in OKC when you're drafting a high caliber player like a Zion or a Cade um, they're going to feel more comfortable now I think coming here and, and and you know seeing their the rookie contract through and the rookie extension through with an organization like Oklahoma City because they know Sam Presti's reputation and the reputation of the franchise and I say all this because I think you know what they did with obviously Russ uh, PG but then Chris Paul last offseason, um, I think Hill. that made it a lot better for mm-hmm. Al Horford this season. And George Hill, right? right. So I think that made it a lot better for two players like George Hill and Al Horford this season. Coming to OKC, they weren't like pouting with their head down. I mean, we still see George Hill like commenting on all the guys' like Instagram photos. And everybody talks about how great of a veteran that George Hill was this season. Like They come into OKC with a positive outlook because I think of, of how OKC has treated their players um, in the past. Yeah, yeah I uh, think Elijah he, in the chat also mentions mentions Dennis Schroeder. And Schroeder, uh, what's yeah. a great point? Another great example. I think to your point, Taylor, you nailed it. You, you have to do this if you're a small market because if you don't, I mean, there's essentially no chance at free agents. We talked about it a little yep. on a recent weekly pod. I the chance still isn't great when compared to some of those other big market teams. But like, look at someone like the Knicks. Where it kind of, I mean, I'm not saying the Knicks is like a hot destination by any means, but like there's a semblance of like, it doesn't matter what you do as an organization because you're the New York Knicks. The Lakers is probably a better example. Like they pissed down their leg for three, four (laughs) years and then got LeBron and AD to come. And like, it it doesn't matter because they're the Los Angeles Lakers. Oklahoma City doesn't have that luxury. And this may not be enough to land a big free agent. But if you don't do it, you can all but guarantee you're not going to. And so I think that yeah. it, it goes back to the way Presti does everything. I don't think he's doing these things because of, you know, trying to land future free agents in mind. He's doing these things because it's the right way to run a franchise. It's the way he does everything. He's meticulous and methodical and intentional about every single thing he does with the Thunder. And this goes alongside it. Some GMs are not that way. And I think you see that through these interactions like that's just bad communication that JJ Reddick wouldn't hear from the GM. Right. And then just get shipped. Like that's not even, that has nothing to do with like winning or being a good GM. That's just like being a bad person. I was going to say being a bad person. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like if your boss did that, no, not apples to apples, but like if your boss just like didn't talk to you for two months and then was like, yeah, you're going to a different, a different uh, team at the office or something like that. Like you're not going to get traded to another company, but like, um, I don't know. Communication is important in everything, uh, not just running a basketball team. So I think that that speaks more to, I think just the character overall of some of these guys character might be too strong of a word, but just like, you know, the way they carry themselves. And then it's very unprecedented. Like, Hey, uh, real quick, Nick, before, cause I know you're about to say something, two things on the, on that thought, Justin, number one, how many times do we hear interviews with players where they say they didn't know they were getting traded until they got a Woj tweet? Right. Yes. yes. Right. 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 All the time. Uh, number two, I don't think 
that the Thunder uh, are going to land a big-time free agent. But I think doing this type of thing uh, is what gets you a re-signing in a, in a Paul George type deal. Right. I think that's yep. way more likely for the Thunder. Instead of signing a guy in free agency, you trade for a guy and they already have a positive outlook on the franchise and are interested in signing an extension uh, when they get here because of the reputation Sam Presti has. Right. I think it's it gears itself more towards that than the free agents. Okay, Nick, what were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just I was just agreeing. I mean, it's it's like it's like the thing at work that if you're doing it right, it doesn't go noticed like it's supposed to be going right. But when it goes wrong, you mm-hmm. hear about it. Same thing with the Thunder. You have to do this, and it's not going to be something that maybe benefits you that much. But if you don't do it, it's detrimental. So, Totally agree. The The Thunder are kind of like the – Thunder front office is like the Chick-fil-A of the NBA. <laughs> High-quality <laughs> service, my pleasure. The drive through <laughs> line is efficient AF. And then, I don't know, the – Maybe not recently, but in the past years, like, no, the Sacramento Kings are like the yeah. Popeye's chicken, right? Yes. They're going to cut yes. you out and throw your Whoa. food through Hang your window. On. Hang on. No. In this scenario, Popeye's is the Lakers. They do everything wrong, but the product is fantastic. Burger that's King a, that's is a good Kings. Point. The Burger yeah, Kings. Like, yeah, Burger King. The Kings are Burger chicken. King. <laughs> oh, God. Sure. No, I don't even know Water if I should burger. say this on the I podcast. I love Water I'm convinced that no offense to anybody who listens to the podcast. If you work at church's chicken, I'm sure you work your ass off, but I'm convinced whenever you fill out an application at church's chicken, if you circle no on the question that asks that, if you've ever been convicted of a felony, like they just throw your application in the trash. They they only want like (laughs) crazy convicted felons working there. My dad went to to, to church's chicken the other day and they said it was going to be like 40 minutes before they had chicken ready. Oh like, what the hell, dude? That's like it's you're a chicken name. restaurant. Church is yeah. chicken. Like, why didn't you got chicken cooked? Holy, we crap. got biscuits already. Like, that. yeah. <laughs> now I want to do That's a whole amazing. podcast where we compare franchise NBA franchises to fast food restaurants. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a I like that's it. a good that's a good pod idea for that's the an off-season. off-season idea. Yeah. 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 Idea. Yeah. Store it in the uncontested file. We'll get to it later. Um. <laughs> A few more things before we before we move on to around the association, guys. First, we don't have to talk a lot about this, but Gabriel Deck is in Oklahoma City. Um, we had someone in the comments say something about churches. I thought they were going to say, I work at churches. Um, so at least I didn't say that. That's good. Um, but Gabriel Deck is in Oklahoma City. Uh, actually, on their Instagram today, uh, he is boarding the plane, which means he's not quarantined away from the other players. So I wonder if he's playing soon. I would That's assume if he's cool. in, I would there assume if he's in quarantine tomorrow he ain't getting on the team Tuesday? playing with all the all the players. So I wow. I mentioned it on my post game show that there was some Gabrielle Deck fan account on Twitter that tweeted that he had he was getting his like second COVID test after arriving in Oklahoma City. Yep, I saw that. And yep. that was interpreted via Google Translate. So who knows mm-hmm. the accuracy? But I took that to mean like, okay, he, he's been here. And he's getting close. And I believe I think he flew in earlier this week, maybe. But yeah, yeah. Um, if he's boarding the team plane, That's like they're not isolating him on the plane, I think and he's good to go. Per Nick, when he was in um, those, I guess, whatever, post-game interviews, um, Dignall said like he's ready to throw him in there, right? Yeah, it sounds like when he does play, it's, it's going to be, you know, your 15, 20, 25 minutes almost immediately. Wow. 
Interesting. I wonder how much English he can speak. Hey, he's wearing number six for the Thunder. I just saw. Shout out, shout out, homie. That's right. <laughs> just changed Diallo could to you, deck. Could it's you get a more polar easy. opposite player than Hamadou Diallo and Gabriel Deck? No kidding. Like Deck has like really no athleticism. Um, <laughs> just a completely different style of player. That's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe we see Deck over the next couple of days. Uh, Monday's game or Tuesday's game? It'll be and Charlie Brown Jr. Charlie yeah, Brown. Some, yes. Ins, insert the uh, the the peanuts joke here. Uh, I think that's that's required, right? I have not seen a tweet today about Charlie Brown Jr. That is not a peanuts joke. So uh, I'm sure he loves true. that. Yeah, I'm sure he's never heard these before <laughs> in his life. No one's ever made a peanuts someone, joke to him. Someone's gonna ask him in media availability, guaranteed, and it's gonna be. Oh, awkward. it's Barry Trammell. Barry Trammell's gonna be the one to do it. I have no doubt in my mind. No, Nick, who's gonna who's uh, it gonna be, Nick? Yeah, that's not my guess either. I'm not, I'm not gonna throw it out here on, on live TV, but I, I I know exactly who it's gonna be. I think Nick and I have the same guess. Yeah, yeah, I think I know yep. who you're talking about. Yep, it's gonna be Nick. Yes, <laughs> will not Nick, be me. Nick, do it. I Nick. will. I'll buy you Church's chicken if you do it i'd like to what, keep what's my place i'd like Dallas to keep my credential think? oh um, pluckers yes i'll buy you i pluckers. will buy you like as much as you can eat from pluckers if you ask how his girlfriend pepper what's her name peppermint, peppermint patty, patty. <laughs> yeah ask him how his girlfriend peppermint patty is is doing now that he's got a 10 day i will buy you all the pluckers you can eat I'm good on that one. I'll buy you a Pluckers <laughs> franchise. <laughs> okay, now, now we're kind of talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, um, thirteen game losing streak. I think we all agree that it's going to go to fourteen against the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, and probably break the record at fifteen against the Boston Celtics. The real question is, are they going to win another game before the season's over? And we've said that tongue in cheek and like joked around, like they're going to go on a 20 game losing streak into the, the off season, but I'm done kind of joking around about it now. And I think it's a serious question. Like if I put the over under at one and a half games, one for the rest of the season, where are you guys standing right now? I'm going over, <laughs> but if you put it at like three and a half, I'm probably going under. Three and a half is crazy high. Not happening. <laughs> they haven't won three and a half games since Christmas. Jesus. But you have the um, you have the Sacramento Kings, and the like. The, we have multiple games against them the Kings, and the Warriors. Yep. Um, the Kings without De'Aaron Fox, at least for a hopefully a short maybe period. one we'll of those see. games. Yeah, maybe one of those games will be without three Fox. games against the Kings in the last it's, stretch is what makes me pause. That's what's brutal. That's what I, I'm thinking. Yeah. And I don't know. The Celtics have been weird. Like, there's some weird they're, stuff they're that happen tomorrow. Lose, they're not going to lose to the Warriors. Or not, they're not, not going to. They're not going to the lose. They're not going to win between now and the next time we podcast. Their next five games are all so. like the Pelicans, <laughs> maybe the Pacers, maybe. But they play Sixers, Celtics, like Suns. No, I'd say not Pacers is a yeah. maybe. The ones against the Kings, but like outside of that, somebody asked me this question last night, and I went through the schedule, and that was kind of where I netted out. Like maybe Pacers. Maybe one Maybe of those Kings. three against the King. I think the, the wild card with the Kings is like those games that are right at the tail end of the season. Like what are the Kings doing? Are they, is it, mm-hmm. does it become another tank fight like we had with Detroit? And in which case, yeah, you could easily win one but of those. Still, even in those tank fights, they played against the Pacers C team. 
Yeah. The Pacers yeah, started right? some dude that just came off a 10-day. Yeah. Yep. Right. And he scored 20-something we'll points. We'll be starting Charlie Brown by then. So <laughs> the, the craziest part is that Gabriel is Vegas had Oklahoma City at 22 and a half. And two weeks ago, we were like, blowing that out of the water. And now it's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they, are they going to be spot on? <laughs> yeah. Vegas always uh, knows. Yeah, Vegas they're at 20 wins right now. It is, it is wild. Yeah, I think... God, one and a half, I think, is actually a really good over-under. I really think it is. Um, I don't know where I put it That's at, guys. That's tough, man. It's I know. wild. <laughs> I know. Like, Ugh. they can't even, like, mess around and, like, I mean, they tried to. It, was it in, in Indiana where they, like, they got that steal in the three in, like, the final 10 seconds? Yeah. And I was yes. like, are they really going to do this right now? And then they didn't, thank God. But, I mean, <laughs> they're, like that Detroit team that they played was awful. Oh, it was you know, terrible. like it was All so these bad. Teams that they played for the most part are not fantastic until, you know, and it's like, Celtics. they keep it close in the first quarter. Celtics and then it's just like, they get boat raced. So, yep. I don't it's know. Beautiful. It's, it's going to be fascinating. If they can go on like a legit, like 25 game losing streak into the off season. Here's, here's the thing. I'm only okay with that if they get like the third best odds. If yeah. we go on a 25 game lose streak and we're still at the fifth best odds, that's a problem, right? Because yeah, that's I'll, fair. I'll be honest, I've been like box score watching the Orlando Magic and they are god awful. Oh, speaking <laughs> like, of which, they, they, they are just, bad. They, yeah. they lost tonight against the Pacers. Yeah, I was gonna say I had a notification. Yeah, about and that. Cle- yeah. Cleveland nearly beat the Wizards today, and then crapped it away in like the final five minutes. That would have been a good win yep. for the Thunder tank as well. So, oh, mm-hmm. all right. Well, hey, speaking about the tank, mm. let's do the everyone's favorite part of the podcast: the tank meter. <laughs> <laughs> And that means that the number one pick in the NBA draft goes to. All right, Nick. Where is the tank meter at? Full means they are full on tanking. They are trying to lose and get that number one pick. Empty means that they are uh, getting for the playoffs. If we're not all at full, uh, I'm going to question your mental capacity. Uh, Maybe you should go be on another Thunder podcast. That's very anti-tank. But Nick, where's the tank at? I said two weeks ago when Shea was going to get reevaluated that the only thing that could push them to full was if they continue that, that, you know, him being sidelined and they did that. Um, they framed it as a setback, um, with, with the foot thing. So I'm going to have to stick with what I said and I'm, I'm going to full tank. Yeah. He, he has a setback and they have to wait two more weeks as we actively watch him put up shots in pregame warmups. Right. Yeah. If you have plantar fasciitis, I don't think you're out on the basketball court shooting jump shots. So, all right, Taylor, That's where are you point. at? Oh, yeah. Like, seeing Pressy's out of gas on I 40 right now. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> did even make it to the gas station. <laughs> Taylor, or not, sorry, not Taylor, Justin, uh, I saved you for last because oh, you have now set the precedent on this podcast yep. that we need some wild over the top story. <laughs> Uh, about how full the tank is. So uh, the floor is yours. So here's the, here's the problem with that is that it becomes <laughs> harder to, you know, keep up with expectations. Um, I don't have a story. However, I do have a, a metaphor. Um, y'all know much about oil tankers. 
Because no. I don't, yep, yep, but Wikipedia do. does. Okay, <laughs> uh, I kind of like halfway expected maybe the oil boys, Taylor and Nick, potentially. <laughs> so did you know the world's largest oil tanker is named the Seawise Giant? No. And it's fully laden. This is a quote from Wikipedia because I'm not fully sure what it means and I don't want like oil tank nerds in my mentions. Fully laden. <laughs> You'll get energy displacement. <laughs> it, it recorded the greatest deadweight tonnage ever at 657,019 tons. Oh my of gosh. Oil. That's insane. And is this like a boat or a truck or what is this? It is what the heaviest is, like this a giant a, vessel. This is on it the is sea, the heaviest, man. Heaviest self propelled ship of any kind. So think about like those That's giant cruise ships you see. Of, oh my uh -huh. gosh. Yeah. It How is incapable. Again? Hang on, I'm not done. It is incapable <laughs> of, <laughs> of navigating the English Channel, the Suez Canal, or the Panama Canal. I felt like this was timely given Canal Gate that we just all went yes. through. Uh, it is considered the largest self propelled ship ever built. So if you imagine that bad boy filled with what did I say? 657,000 <laughs> tons. That's it's over half a tanker. million tons. A ton is 2,000 pounds. It, I don't teach yeah. math, but holy shit. <laughs> that is... Uh, hey, uh, Justin, uh, me and Nick are going to need you to give us the equivalent in uh, barrels. I, I can't do that. <laughs> um, but that is the Thunder Tank right now. Like, it, what you just said of, like, Nick, how, how we were talking about, like, oh, the Thunder are going to blow through their win total. And now... We're like, nah, they're not going to win a game for the rest of the season. Like, that's the most impressive pivot since that boat got out of the canal. Yep. And I think that <laughs> I think that what they're doing right now is unbelievable, and it's put them in a position that I didn't think was possible. So, all hail the the Seawise Giant. This has become just a giant. Let's. Uh... <laughs> I love it so much. It's my highlight. <laughs> Uh, but I just typed it into Google and it said Seawise Giant sinking. That, whoa. If that thing sunk, the earth is screwed. Now we're man. talking. <laughs> <laughs> we have a sinking tank. That's for we next are week. In good shape. When the Thunder beat the Pacers, the that's the, an automatic uh, case. <laughs> that's a big old boat. That's a cade and maybe a Kaminga. Yeah, that's a big old <laughs> boat, boys. Oh my gosh. It is long, uh it is larger way. than the Empire State Building. Yeah. Oh my there goodness. You go. <laughs> the uncontested Hell oil yeah. tanker podcast. <laughs> I'm into it, man. That is that is insane. All right. Well, before we get to questions in the chat, before Taylor takes us on, I need to make a sounder for uh like a don't read the comments, but then we read the comments. Uh but before <laughs> we get be there. Good. Taylor is going to share my screen. Got it. And we're going to do a tankathon oh, sim yes. live awesome. on the pod. You guys like ready it. for this? Ready. I'm nervous. I know, dude. I always get nervous every time I hit this button. <laughs> I tweeted hey, this I earlier this week. I asked Thunder fans how many. I asked Thunder fans how many times they hit this button uh, daily. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> like the OKC Thunder fan base is single-handedly keeping tankathon afloat right now. I think. <laughs> Here we, we're gonna burn down the server in like in June. It's gonna happen. Yes, All right, here amazing. we go. Woo! Oh yes, yeah. Two and five. Thunder get two and five. 
That's what an Evan Mobley and a Jonathan Kaminga. Yes, sir. I'm into that, it. That makes me tingly. I know. <laughs> makes, makes me, me tingly things. too. It makes, it makes Tony Bradley a free agent. <laughs> it, yeah, it does. Well, <laughs> or Moses, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about you. All right, Taylor, hey. take us to the comments. All right, so uh, we have a lot, um, but I actually oh, that's my news. computer restarted, so I only had like half of these. <laughs> so we're just going to take it from. Uh, <laughs> so if you got your questions in early, like you get them in again uh, right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so continue to yeah yeah. If you guys have some from earlier, be sure to throw them in at the bottom. I'll get them. M um, Web first one starting us off. I bet even if we fall outside the top five, that there is a 100% chance that we will trade up. I don't think there is any way Presti would tank a season this hard without getting a blue chip prospect. Do you all agree? I think he's going to try very, very, very hard to trade up. But I think what Nick's head shaking is alluding to is I don't know if you can get in the top five if you're outside yep. of it. Yep. Spot on. It's like yeah. it's not like years past where pick seven and 16 gets you to five. Like I don't even know if seven and 16 gets you to six. Yeah. Well, I bet they can get you to six. I don't think they get you to five though. I think after you get past five, I think this draft gets blown wide open. It does. So, there's yeah. like a magic force field around the top five that I think is going to uh-huh. be real tough to crack. If anyone could crack it, it's the thunder, but I don't know. Sam Presti is a wizard. Just cast well, anti-force well, field magic on it. The last, the last five NBA superstars, they got traded. Um, the package was, you know, five to eight picks and pick swaps. Why give up three to five picks to move into the top five when you could save those for two years from now and get you a superstar to pair with the guys? It just doesn't make sense, you know, yep. this year. That's fair. fair. So we have a fairly sim- similar, at least on the same note here, from uh, Marcus Kruger. There is a good chance that OKC will end up with a top five pick, which would be OKC's 14th, 20th pick, Miami's 32nd, 35th, and 55th pick. What does Presti do with those last four picks? That's fascinating. The Probably. OKC Blue might be really fun to watch next year. Yeah, right, just because he can't really draft them all. I mean, you can. Say, but. I'll tell you what he'll do. He's going to draft a bunch of people that I've literally never heard of, like he does every year. <laughs> see, this is where I could actually see 32, 35, and 19 to get to, like, 14. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. That I could see. I agree. That's a good point. And, and again, Presti isn't just randomly like pulling off trades to see what he can make happen. Like he is getting everything mapped out, laid out. Like, is it trade 19, 32 and 35 to get 14 trade 14 and seven to get and and a future pick to get four something like he's mapping all of that out. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's not 3d chess. It's like some weird futuristic space. Yeah. Yeah, stuff yeah. that you've never heard of before where people I I don't know, it's just he he's going to do something wild, right? Yeah. Like and he, he's very meticulous. He's going to plan all of that out. So Nate Sanders, um again, all these are kind of like looking forward to next season, which I like. Um similar topic. Do you guys think Shea will be willing to give his ball handling duties to a Suggs, a Cade? Um Nate added a uh Scotty Barnes, but I'm not sure I don't know about that one as much, but like a primary ball hander, like a Suggs or a Kid Cunningham. I think it'd be split, right? Right. That's so what, yeah. 
I think you're get, obviously giving up possessions, but I don't think it's just going to be like, okay, Cade, you have the ball every possession now, and Shea is an off-ball player. Yep. I don't think I mean, that's we, happening. We saw it already some this season. We saw it a lot last season with Chris Paul. I think that n- not exactly, you know, I'm not saying that Cade Cunningham's going to walk into the NBA and be Chris Paul, but I think that dynamic and, and how they play together, I think, I think we've kind of seen the blueprint. I think it'll be similar to that. I agree. Uh, we have one from our guy, Silver. Did you guys see the post from Shay on Instagram? Uh, basically, there was an Instagram post from Shay where he's posting up in some large tower, which seems to be downtown. Vast, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Was it? Was it? Was it? That's uh, yeah. a few floors above your office, Taylor. <laughs> well, I'm about to be closer. Uh, we're uh, side note. We're moving up to 38 here in a week. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now everybody knows where I work. I just realized it's okay. Um, did you guys see, see the post from Shay? Basically, Shay is up what appears to be vast or something similar, uh, where he's overlooking the OKC skyline. He tags OKC. He has a Drake lyric, 305 to my city. I get it. I get it. Anyways, um, for the <laughs> I too like Drake. Um, it's pretty cool, though. Drake see was him. one of his favorite rappers, I think. Yeah, makes sense. Duh, you know, Canada, Canada. Yeah, yeah. I know. I <laughs> but know. um, so so he he obviously does his typical Shay post. He also looks very angry, which is like like a complete aside. But called it his city, and in the um, I think it was the last picture. Uh, he was next to Lou, and look, there's other people with him. Probably some other Thunder players. Basically, Shay is calling OKC his city, his home. He expects to be here long term. And you know what, Silver, I'm all about it. I think I just answered that question for everybody. I think I a, new, a new segment where Taylor dissects social media posts. Yeah, right. Yeah. Taylor. So Shay was wearing a new pair of uh, Jordans. Um, he's actually dropped in the sneaker app uh, last week. Where okay. That's hey, called, Taylor, that's called you know leak this, Justin was joking. Build the statue. Build the statue. I'm ready. A lot of comments. Uh, bad podcasting. Okay. Hey, Shay said it's his, Yeah, Shay said it's his city. Uh, Shay is actually just as tall as the city mayor. So uh, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Mm, they should go one on one. My man, Mayor Holt, uh, solid six five. Whenever we interviewed him, very or I interviewed him very early on for the uncontested. Do you guys remember that? I do yes. remember that. And he did. He did I great job. And I was like. Holy shit, Mayor. And like, the Thunder need a small forward. You promised him that all of us were going to read his book and do a whoa, podcast hey, about it. And, whoa. <laughs> Why'd you have to and, bring that and up? And we totally yeah. did it. I was going to, you know. We will read his book, and then we'll get him back on. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, so here is, we got two more. Um, Silver again. Who is the, this is a fun one. Who's more watchable? Who's the most watchable player between Dort and Poku? Poku. Poku. Hands down. Straight entertainment. I he is a magnet for my eyeballs. He's so fun. He's so fun. Like I said, even his mistakes are fun. Like and then that meme uh, where the guy's looking back. Enolia, yes. Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> with holding up Dort's hand and looking back at Poku, 100%. Uh, Enolia, uh, Sifa, what type of players are we looking for next year? Note to Good self, ones. we already knew this, but don't let Taylor read names. Oh, Sofa. I'm so sorry, Taylor. Taylor, if you're watching in the ch- you, if you're watching on the live stream, you can see this. Taylor went. Uh, <laughs> you see me squinting. Like uh, they're looking for good ones, possible yeah. superstars. I don't think Small you're looking for a- forwards. I think at this point, though, Nick, right? Like position doesn't matter. You just take best available. Yeah, yeah I think you out. do that. 
yeah. every draft. No doubt. But, yep. Very good. Real, real quick, I want to bring this one up again. Uh, Elijah asked, because we did the the, the mock sim uh, from Tankathon, got two and five. Elijah said, you keeping those or trading them for number one? You guys are all team keep them, right? Oh, yeah, keep them. If you get two and five or like two and yep. seven, oh, yeah. I don't think you could trade them if you wanted to. And that's the other, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's a that's a close one. I'm team get pick number one, man. I'm st- I'm riding that yeah. train to the end. If you got pick number one, you could get two and five if you want. Easy, right? I don't well, know. If, I just if, if one team has two and five, it's easy. True. That's yeah. hard in theory. Yeah. But yes, I get I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> killed yeah, killed his name. I don't know if killed means I good or bad. Is this a good kill? Yeah, I, I think it's a bad kill. I think that was I think really it was bad. very much a bad kill. <laughs> but it made him laugh, and that's what matters. <laughs> did LOL. Leave it to Taylor to... Annoy hey, you. Taylor, at least there you're is. not as bad. At least you're not as, as bad Michael as Cage. Michael Cage. I might be as bad, for being <laughs> completely honest. Uh, we should hey, get Michael... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to get Michael Cage on the podcast and do a segment oh where we gosh. give him and Taylor, we show them the spelling of a name and make them pronounce it. Make them pronounce or, it. Or, or Shaq. Yes. yes. That would we be all the best segment of the all same. time. <laughs> yeah. Or Shaq. Alexa's Pocasoveskers. Alexa's Pocasoveski. So good. So good. All right. We need to get around the association, gentlemen. <laughs> Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like.
You know, I hope the Thunder do keep drafting Eastern European players just so we can listen to Taylor on the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's just going to give us years and years of content. Yes. All right, guys. Around the association this week, uh, I have a game for us. We are going to play Fact or Fiction. Uh, in this game, very simple. I'm going to give one of you a statement. You are going to tell me if that statement is fact or fiction and why. So uh, let's play the sounder and get started. Got to get some X-Files going on. Is it fact or fiction? Justin, you get the first one. Here we go. Uh, in a second, once I get my list pulled up. <laughs> so the, current, the current play-in teams are set. Their seating might change, but the four play-in teams in the East and the West are who are going to be there come the end of the season. Do you want and that list? I was just pulling it up. <laughs> I can give you the list. Here we go. So, um, okay, yes. Oh, Do you have give it? Me, give me the list. Give the listeners the list. The list uh, for the West is the Portland Trailblazers, Memphis Grizzlies, San Antonio Spurs, and Golden State Warriors. The list for the East is the Miami Heat, Charlotte Hornets, Indiana Pacers, Washington Wizards. Okay. Starting with the West, I still think the Pelicans have a shot at it because I my most tinfoil hat conspiracy is that the plan was solely created to get Zion in the playoffs, and I'm standing okay. by that in year two. Didn't, the Pelicans are four games out of the 10 seed right now. Yeah. I, with it's like a 12 stretch. to go. But I am I'm put, putting on my Adam Silver conspiracy hat, and I'm saying that something mysterious to our X Files theme is going to happen, and we're going to see Zion okay. in the playoffs. Wh- which of those four West teams are dropping out? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna Spurs. go. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I'm gonna you go say Spurs. Spurs. Yes. What if it's the Trailblazers who are two and eight in their last ten? The Trailblazers are skidding, but I think they still have a chance to like end up at six because I don't know. I I just think that the Spurs are more of a uh, what's the word I want to use here? Uh, meh. <laughs> Is that Touché. a good word? <laughs> hey, Demar Derozan's been balling out, my guy. Yeah, he has been balling out. Shouts He's to been Demar. Playing some basketball. In the okay, so East, what about the East? Uh, what was it? Heat, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with those. The Wizards are on the rise. I don't think that's going to change. The Pacers, I think. Bradley Bill had an injury uh, this evening. Uh, apparently, it wasn't his uh, Achilles. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Long-time listeners will understand. Um, <laughs> but, but nevertheless, um, he did have an injury. So hopefully it's not nothing serious. A lot of soft tissue going on. Um, okay, well, probably. pending, pending, uh, pending the Wizards Beal injury, I'm gonna say they're they're not falling out. So I think I think the East is set. All right, so you are going fiction on all eight of those teams already being set. Yes. Okay, Nick, you get the next one. Fact or fiction: the Dallas Mavericks are more likely to end up with the fifth seed and the Lakers in six. So you're um, saying. Da- Dallas fiction, would Dallas will be fifth. Correct. And before you answer, I just want you to know, obviously Anthony Davis is back. Uh, he is on a bit of a minutes crunch. Um, 
LeBron James not back. Also, the Dallas Mavericks have the second easiest schedule remaining with games against the Timberwolves, the Pistons, two against the Cavs, and two against the Kings. Um, I think it's fiction. I think that um, Dallas will end up six, but hot take. I think you'd rather be the sixth than the five based on seating. I like that. Touche. I like it. I like it. Taylor, next one is for you. Fact or fiction? This is a fun one. The red hot New York Knicks will host a first round playoff series. New York Knicks. And they will win that series. They're going to host a playoff series and win it. And they're going to win it. Um, I'll give you the win. Oh, goodness. Sorry. I am typing in. Okay. Well, uh, I checked it earlier and I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they they, are. They're in fourth right now. They do have home court right now. They are tied. And they are tied with the Hawks. That's what it is. The Hawks. Oh, that's so tough because the Hawks have been pretty solid. Um, I'm going to go with yes. I think they're going to host because they've been great and they're super fun. Uh, Julius Randle's been on a tear, obviously. Quickly's awesome. Everybody else just seems to be falling into place. Let's go with yes. They're going to host. A um a first round series, and I think they're going to win it. I think they'll move on to the nice. second round. I'll give you facts. Nice. I like it. <laughs> um yeah, if you guys haven't listened to the Woj pod with Julius, Julius Randall yet, that was great. It's a must listen. It's really, really, really good. Justin. Nikola Jokic wins the 2021-2022, or sorry, 2020-2021 NBA MVP this season. Fact. Next question. <laughs> Easy well enough. Done. I like it. <laughs> if Embiid had played the whole season, would it be more of a question? Oh yeah, yeah. no, for sure, for sure. But right now, there uh, there's no argument unless you're Brian Windhorst. There's no argument against Jokic. Hey, look, my media brethren, um, Brian Windhorst got drug, <laughs> that, rightfully so. I loved it yes. so much. Um, Nick. The East 1v8 matchup in the playoffs will be the Nets versus the Wizards. Meaning the Wizards will win the play-in and make it to the 8th seed. The Nets secure the 1 seed. No, because if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to say fiction. If I'm not mistaken, even if the Wizards get the 10 spot, they'd be playing either like Miami or Boston, likely. And that seems very tough. You don't think they can win one against those guys? They'd have to win two. Against well, they, yeah, they, they would have to play awesome. against the nine, which is currently Indiana, and then they would play the winner of seven eight, which is currently Miami and Charlotte. Yeah, I still don't know. That's tough. The, the bottom of the east is like maybe better than the middle of the east, which is just mm-hmm. it just makes it tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so you're going fiction, Taylor. Western conference teams prefer to play the Suns in the playoffs in place of either LA team, Utah and Denver. Either the Suns LA are the team. most Yeah, the Suns are the most preferred opponent for western teams in the playoffs. Um, Ooh, they'd rather I'm, play the Suns than either of the LA teams, Utah or Denver. Is that fact or fiction? I'm People see fiction the Suns right as the easiest bat, route and uh Clippers fans will probably come after me, but I just don't trust Paul George in the playoffs. I love it. Yeah. I, I don't trust I mean, Kawhi, yes. But like, who else? Are, I, I know they've been playing well. Can those guys stay healthy? Are you really going to rely on like Reggie Jackson being a primary ball handler? Pat Beverly, 
sure, he'll defend, but they just don't really have that point guard, even though Reggie Jackson's kind of quote-unquote stepped up over recent weeks. Um, I'd rather play the Clippers than any of those teams right now if I'm a um, a Western Conference playoff contender. I like it. Justin, fact or fiction, the three current teams with the best lottery odds, which are Houston, Minnesota, and Detroit, are the same teams that will be in those positions come the end of the season. I think or that's a fact. The, those feel locked to me. I, I don't know that anybody's breaking through that bunch. However, I bet only one of those end up in the top three in the actual lottery. Ooh, I like it. That's uh, for reference, Orlando at four is only a half game out of the three seed. Oklahoma City at five is two and a half out of the three seed. Um, and then Cleveland is three and a half out. That feels like way too much of a mountain to climb. Yep. So, yep. Nick. Man. James Wiseman is playing for the Golden State Warriors at the start of the 2021-22 season. Fact or fiction? Fact. They're so damn high on him. Steve Kerr's made comments that like Wiseman's as untradeable as stuff. Um, whether that's the right thing to do, I don't know. But do I think he'll be there? Yes. Okay. I like it. Taylor, you get the final factor fiction of the night. The only way that is Lou Dort the next LeBron fact. The only <laughs> way the Portland Trailblazers can be successful is by significantly altering their roster. By significantly, I mean like Tracy a CJ Day. trade. Or uh, a Nurkic trade. I'm not talking these these moves on the the peripherals, right? So you're talking uh, by successful, like we're defining that as a championship, or they're in the finals. Um, I'm or, going or they're just they're getting home court advantage and they're not in the play in tournament. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's tougher because I, we've seen them do that. Although it was strange season here two years ago, or it seemed like five years ago. Um, if I'm defining success as like you're contending for you're a championship contender, you're in that top, like you're in the same tier as the Utah jazz and the Denver nuggets are, as we currently set presently, then I'm going back. Um, I do think they need to make some pretty significant changes there, um, to, to basically maximize Dame's prime. And I think that probably starts with trading CJ, although I don't know if Dame will want that. So, I mean, again, it's just a, it's a tough situation. What comes first, a CJ or Nurk trade or Terry Stotts firing? Oh, Terry Stotts, 100%. <laughs> his, uh, his seat is a, uh, a blazing right now. I, uh, I think I would agree. They have not been good. Uh, you, you read anything that the beat writers of the Trailblazers write, uh, and it is doom and gloom. Yep. Uh, it's very, very poor. Um, have besides that Western Conference Finals run, have they made it out of the first round in like the past eight years? Oh, am I question. am I misremembering this? I don't remember them making it out of the first round, save for that run uh, against when they when they obviously hit the shot against Oklahoma City, uh, and then they beat Denver in seven, and then played the Dubs in in the Western Conference Finals. Right. Before that, wasn't it the Dame shot against Houston, which was like. Yep. Whenever yep. LaMarcus Aldridge and Nicola oh. Batum were still on that team. 
So it been that bad? That's that's what it feels like. I, I could be misremembering. It's I'm looking it up here. They went to the they lost to the Warriors in fifteen sixteen that season that we all remember. And then they same thing, lost to the Spurs four one in twenty thirteen fourteen. So three Yikes. three trips out of the first round since Ooh, ooh, before that gets way worse. <laughs> Three trips yeah. out of the first round since the year two thousand. Ooh, ooh. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, man. All right, gentlemen. Ooh. Well, that's all I have for around the association. Before we log off of here, uh, did the Thunder win a game this this week? No. Yes. I ooh, think which one, to. Nick? They're going to win the Philly game tomorrow. I like boy. it. I was They're, gonna say Celtics. Uh, uh, Joel is questionable. Tobias is questionable. Ben is out. I think the Celtic or the uh, the Sixers might take him too lightly and accidentally get beat. Interesting. We will see. I've got them winning zero games this week. <laughs> Solid zero. That would be ideal. All right. Well, hey, if you guys joined us in the stream tonight, thank you so much. We appreciate you being active in the chat. It always uh, brings a smile to our faces. If you listen to the podcast version, shout out to you, man. We appreciate you so much. The podcast is now over, so uh, pause it and go drop that five-star rating. Uh, write a quick little blurb about what you enjoy of our podcast. Helps other people see it. Helps the uncontested uh, get more ears. So we would greatly appreciate that. We are back with you again in about 24 hours after the conclusion of the Thunder versus Philadelphia 76ers game. Nick will be live on the Locker Room app, uh, breaking down that game, answering your questions, bringing you guys up on stage, and then it will immediately be in podcast feeds afterwards. And then the next night, we're back at it again after the Thunder take on the Boston Celtics. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Have a great beginning of your week. Uh, Thunder up right now, I feel like, is thunder down because we want those losses for that lottery pick. So, until next time, and as always, thunder down. (laughs) From earaches to strep tests, there's Clinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Clinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.